Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, baseball family. We are very excited to bring you this installment of Mount Rushmore series. We've got the Detroit Tigers today, and uh, just to give you an idea of how we're going to do this, we've got some team information, and then Brad and I each picked four names that you cannot tell the story of the Detroit Tigers without mentioning. According to us, we have not shared our information with one another. There, This is a blind reveal between the both of us, and that always proves really uh, fun, but also <laughs> it's healthy that Brad's not here this time. <laughs> yeah. He, he we might need to finish these up before the next time I come out and see you, Brick. Because <laughs> I don't know if we can do that. I don't know if I can survive another one of those. <laughs> yeah. So we thought we'd start it off today uh, before we get to the, the, the names of the team and all that. Brad wants to uh, share with us how they got the team name. Okay. Where did so it come this from, is, Brad? So first off, this is something we, we haven't done this in a while. And I was like, you know what? What better way to do this than while we're doing Mount Rushmore? It only makes sense to me. So. Here we go. The origin for the Detroit Tigers name. This is according to teamnameorigin.com. Uh, it said that, to, that Detroit was originally a minor league team and they were known as the Wolverines, which I thought was neat because Brig, that, is, that is the mo- moniker of our school that we went to, our alma mater. Correct. Um, says that during that time, they were also sometimes referred to as the Tigers, which was also a nickname of one of Michigan's oldest military units, which is the 425th National Guard Infantry Regiment, uh, and that spent some time fighting in the Civil War as well as the Spanish-American Contest, is what it says. Uh, Now, the team in 1900 asked the Guard permission to take on the name the Tigers, and uh, they were given that name in 1900, and it's been there ever since. Wow. So I thought that was interesting that they pulled that from um, the local National Guard. Very cool. I love that. Very cool. So obviously we know the team name. They've The Detroit Tigers been around since 1901 in this official named capacity. This 121 current seasons. And I say current because it's still going so far. Um, their record overall is 9,446 wins to 9,311 losses that puts them at a 504 win loss percentage in the entire history of the franchise they've been to the playoffs 16 times they've won 11 pennants and four world series championships they have 10 retired numbers if you count jackie robinson which we do every time we do always absolutely (laughs) by the way so of those 10 names real quick i just i was like mind blown actually looking at the tigers like it's one of those teams that i knew they'd been around forever right yeah. um but the fact that they only have four world series championships in 121 years that kind of got to me a little bit but at the other hand i was kind of like well they haven't won one since what was it 1977 i think is what it was uh no 84 1984 okay i was gonna i was gonna they say. won a world series and but since then, like, 
they've had some really, really bad years. Like I specifically remember the 2003 season where they won 43 games. And you know what, Brig? Yeah. I was at one of those 43 games. Were you? They beat the Mariners in Seattle. And it was funny because they were so bad, like just absolutely horrendous. And um, one of the outfielders was getting into it with one of the fans. I was out, you know, like waiting for batting practice balls or whatever. And uh, this guy's getting into it with one of the, with one of the outfielders. And he's like, dude, just go over and catch the ball. It doesn't matter what you say or what you do. You guys are going to lose anyway. And they went and they won the game. Oh, <laughs> like, oh my God. No. And when he said that, I mean, as a 17 year old, I was just like, dude, don't say that. Like, don't say that. You just don't, yeah. you know? <laughs> You just don't. So that has sat with me forever. <laughs> right. I'm sure. I'm sure it has. So the 11 appearances have been chronologically 1907, 1908, 1909. That's uh, impressive. Then we got 1934, 1935, 1940, and 45. Then we have 1968, 84, 2006, and 2012 is the last time they've appeared in the World Series. Get swept in 2012. BTK. Which they, yes, they lost handily. Yes. Um, yes. It, there you go. I was going to say it's too bad, but I mean, somebody else had to lose. So somebody, somebody won, somebody lost. That's how yeah. it goes. Yeah. But yeah. It, yeah, it's interesting looking at the Tigers' history, like I said. Uh, and in our lifetime, hasn't been great. Uh, but prior to us, it was very good, very strong. Um but Brig, do you want to go ahead and lead us off with your first? Let um, me just say this before I do. Did. But yes, okay. I'd be happy to lead us off. But first, let me say that some amazing players have come out of Detroit. Yes. We, not just historically, but I mean, even in present day, it kind of feels a little bit like um, like we used to think of the Rays where we're like, man, you remember when they were on the, the Rays or the Marlins team or whatever? And mm-hmm. and now look at them. Now they're you know Hall of Famers or whatever. It's, it kind of feels like that. So, um, well, for, in that case, if you just want to name two of them, we've got Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer. See, I was just going to say that there's a great, those are great examples and they're probably the easiest ones to draw from right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, let me just lead us off with, uh, my first one. I'm going to go with first baseman. Okay. He spent 12 seasons with the Tigers. He started 1,269 games. He had a, lifetime 313 average with the team 306 total home runs and 1274 rbis he's been a uh what do you call him an all-star and he was previously known as hammer and hank greenberg hank greenberg yep i was not expecting that His first full season with the Tigers was in 1933. He hit 328 with 36 home runs in 1935 and 168 RBIs, and he won the American League MVP, and he also led them to a World Series championship that year. He drove in 139 runs or more five different times, 184 RBIs in 1937. That's the third most in MLB history. Hmm. That's awesome. Well, and in the era in the 30s, you don't think of a guy like Hank Greenberg as being the guy who led the league in home runs, uh, but he did three times. Right. In 35, 38, and again in 40. Actually, sorry, four times because again in in 46, 
hit 44 oh, in the second to last season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a big deal. That's well, really and the, deal. the cool thing about Hank Greenberg, like some of the other players at that time, he missed, I think, was it three seasons for military service? I think it was three yeah. seasons he missed. Yeah. Yeah, it said that he missed 42, 43, and 44. It says U.S. Army Air Forces is where he was. Yeah. So there you go. So, uh, Hank Greenberg, everyone. That's my uh, That's my number one pick. That's solid. That was... Honestly, when you were talking about a first baseman, I thought you were going to go somewhere else, but we'll get there later. Um, well, and I, met, I failed to mention that he's been to two World Series, five-time All-Star, two, two-time MVP, and he is in the Hall of Fame. That's Sorry yes. about that. His career war is 55.5. It's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. All right, my first one, I'm going to go with a manager here. Um, Whoa. A manager who, this is one of the first people I was kind of – I don't know if like introduced to as far as like uh, legendary managers and players, uh, but Sparky Anderson. Yes. So he spent a total of um, 17 years managing the Tigers. And the thing that this, so this is, this is what's crazy to me. So he managed the Reds for several years for the first nine years that he was a manager. Yeah. Uh, He started at age 36 and he managed until he was 61. Now I was doing the math on that. Like that's like, the longevity of that, that would be the same as like Rocco Baldelli managing until he's 61. For because he's, he started managing at about 36. I think it was 36. And if you think about it, like my son is going to know who Rocco Baldelli is. Yeah. And his kids are going to know who Rocco Baldelli is. That's exactly you know? right. That That's mm-hmm. exactly how this was with Sparky Anderson is that I specifically remember sitting there reading a book about baseball history with my grandma. And she said, that's Sparky Anderson. <laughs> She's the one who told me about who he was. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> it was. It's truly amazing. Um, but he actually is that was at the helm when the Tigers won their last World Series in 1984. Um, he led them to a 104 and 58 record that season. Very good. Very Solid. good record. Great manager. Incredible. Um, and he is in the Hall of Fame. Had three total World Series, like I said, one with the Tigers. So, um, yeah. Two-time like manager he, of the year. Yeah, and he I feel like he definitely needs to be recognized as uh at, part of the, the framework. Yeah. yeah. You can't tell the story without Sparky Anderson. Do you know I agree with you? That's a great I did not pick Sparky Anderson. So let me just say that my favorite thing about Sparky Anderson is his nickname. And it's not yeah. Sparky. That's his real name. What's his nickname? Captain Hook. Captain Hook. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I, how did I not know that? I don't know, but the pirate in me has always loved that. <laughs> That's like, awesome. Yes. And you know what, though? Fun fact. So I'm, I had a little uh, stuffed dog growing up, yeah. and I actually named him Sparky because of cool. Sparky Anderson. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Random, random fact there for you. Uh, that's but great. Anyway. All right. Who you got I next, Brig? Um, uh, this is so hard. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it was easy at first, but I mean, it's just hard because. Okay, I'm gonna go with an outfielder because I have to. Okay. Twenty-two seasons with the Tigers. Come on, okay. man. With that alone, right? <laughs> Twenty-two seasons, yeah, successful ones. Two thousand eight hundred thirty-four games played, batting average two ninety-seven, three hundred ninety-nine home runs. With 1,582 RBIs, 
They call him Mr. Tiger. His name is Al Kaline. I have him on my list too. Yes. How do you get a guy whose name is Mr. Tiger? You got, he has to be on the list. <laughs> yes. Well, but, we didn't put Mr. Mariner on the Mariners list, so. Sorry. <laughs> Neither one of us did, Al though, K-Line. so I'm not complaining. I'm just saying. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Al K-Line, obviously, he's in the Hall of Fame. This, this dude, listen to this. He is an 18-time All-Star. 18 times. He was the 1968 World Series. He has 10 golden gloves and a batting title. Oh, my gosh. He played right field and first base, throw right, field right, or bats right, excuse me, whatever. His career war, 92.8. Oh, that's just staggering. <laughs> it is. Mr. Tiger. So the one the the biggest thing with me with Al Kaline. So first off, for a long time, I thought it was Al Kaline, like or Kaline. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. His last name was Kaline, and his parents named him Al because <laughs> like an alkaline battery or an alkaline metal. Metal, you oh, know. Anyway. Oh, that's funny. Okay, <laughs> that's, I didn't even put that. Yeah, that's why. I th- yeah, that's why I thought that it was alkaline. But then I heard Al Kaline. I was like, man. okay, less <laughs> yeah, less funny. But anyway, <laughs> no, the longevity though is what gets me. The fact that the dude was called up when he was 18 years old and yeah. then stuck with the franchise until he was 39 in 1974. That is a long time to be with one team. That is a whole lot of loyalty on both sides, but it helps when you have a 39 year old who's making the all-star team. And whether that was uh, one last hurrah for Mr. Tiger or not, I don't know. I wasn't alive, but the fact that he still made an all-star team legitimately at age 36 yep. says something for his ability and, uh, and what he was putting up. He led the league in doubles in 1961. I'm a doubles guy. I love that. It's fantastic. Um, he also led the league in batting average in his, third season his second full season at age 20 he hit 340 wow we don't see that anymore hardly no like that's you know the other thing he he was number three in rookie of the year voting and um i mean he was in the top like top 10 mvp every year he wasn't in the mvp race (laughs) yeah that's amazing. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a big deal. Like you look at his accolades on baseball together or baseball together. I wish we had a database on baseball <laughs> reference. <laughs> I'll put one together for you, break. How's that? On baseball okay. reference, and every single year it's all star MVP, MVP voting, and gold glove every single yeah. year. So the and the, the the season he played the fewest games was his 18 year old season, his very first one, which they don't even consider his full season because he's only played 30 games. But then after that, it's over 100 games every year until the second to last year he played. He was in 91 games and then his he comes back his age 39 year at 147 games. So, yeah. I mean, that is that is a tough dude. <laughs> That's a lot of yeah. baseball. Yeah, that's, that's some longevity. But no, it, it really what it comes down to me, though, is that anybody who's a generation above us and you talk yeah. to him about the Tigers, Al K. Line comes up. Yep. He's the, he's the guy. Yep. So you absolutely, we absolutely have to have him on the Mount Rushmore there. Um, okay. Love I it. have two left plus an honorable mention. Let's go. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back. We'll go through the rest. We'll finish. Sounds great. Up. Okay. Yeah. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back, baseball family. And like we said before, we're going through our Detroit Tigers Mount Rushmore. Uh, we both have two left, and we thought we'd share honorable mentions too because we assumed going into this there, there was going to be some overlap. There's always at least one. Um, we're thinking there's probably going to be more going through here. Mm-hmm. But I want to go through and lead us off here with our next one. So this is a player who has not spent their entire career with the Detroit Tigers, but has spent most of it with the Tigers. Started off with the Florida Marlins. Florida at the time. Uh, Get out, as a first baseman, third baseman, left fielder. Did you remember this guy played left field? Sometimes that escapes me. Heck no. No. Um, but anyway, so this is a six foot four, 249 pounder, age 38, <laughs> Miguel Cabrera. Miggy! Now, Miggy comes in with two MVPs, a triple crown of all things to add to his resume. Oh, yeah. An 11 time all star. Um, and seven of those have come as a Detroit Tiger from 2010 all the way through 2016. Not to say, in my opinion, that he has not been worthy, but first base has been a pretty deep position since then. Oh, and yeah. you see, we've seen a natural decline. And this is one of the things, too, is that he was he came into the league kind of at the tail end of the steroid era, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And has never shown any signs of it. Has just been a solid, very, very good ball player. One of the best yep. hitters in the league for his entire career. He's one of those guys where if you need a double to win the game for you, you want him up to the plate, right? That if he doesn't, yep. and I, I feel like he's another one of those guys where you can be like, if Miggy doesn't say it, is, if Miggy says it's not a strike, it's not a strike. Oh, he's dude got, knows the strike zone better than anybody. Yeah, he's got outstanding command of the strike zone. Uh, more accolades, um, like I said, 2003 World Series winner, but that was with the Marlins, so that doesn't really count. Uh, towards this, seven-time Silver Slugger, four-time batting title, and two Major League Baseball Player of the Year awards. Um, he has been the anchor on the Tigers' best teams of this century. Yeah, he has also been the anchor on the Tigers' worst teams, the one bright spot for those fans to look to. And it's really kind of upsetting for me, at least, that he's now he's going into his 39 year old season and the Tigers are just now starting to tick up, right? Yeah, they're starting to look like they're going to start winning again. Yeah, and he's he's not going to be there when they do end up winning the division in a year or two. Uh, he's not going to be there to help lead the team on a potential world series run. I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if it did, he's not going to be there for it because he'll likely be retired. Um, but the steadiness of Miguel Cabrera at that position for that team is what they've certainly needed. They've traded away. Like we talked about Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander. Um, I can't, those are the guys that they Christian got. Off Yelich. No, no, that no, was, that was, uh, that was, that was the Marlins. Florida. Yeah. But, My bad. but there have been plenty of guys who have been traded away, and he's been the yep. constant. And you know, we yep. started we talked about Scott Boris earlier. He used to be represented by Scott Boris. I don't mm. know what happened there with that breakup, but you, that's not something you see very often. You're right. I wouldn't, and I wouldn't think that Scott Boris would be willing to drop him either because he's he would still be a high money client. He'd still be Yo, a big earner for sure. So, yeah. to me, that well, says a little is- bit about it, his personality as well. The thing is, is we saw 130, 130 games 
uh, out of him last year. Uh-huh. And he played 57 of the 60 games in 2020 and then 136 yeah. games in 2019. Now, to 2018, I mean, he must have got injured or something. He got 38 games that season. But the, but then he goes right back up to the top of every, you know, he's in every single game, mm-hmm. 2,587 games over 19-year career. This doesn't appear to be a man who's slowing down at all. Which is funny to say because, because I feel like at his age, we're just kind of like assuming, you know. Totally. But, but if you look at his batting average, it has dropped. I mean, he he was over 300 every year from 2005. Uh, 2008, he dipped down just below, but he went back up over 300 in 2009. Um, and then he has been under 300 since 2017. He was 249, mm-hmm. 299, just barely in 2018. Mm-hmm. But last year, he was a 256 hitter, which is like the new 280. It, it, I was just <laughs> right? going to say that. It's, it's, it's like, man, but that's okay. <laughs> but he led the league Not great, in, but it's all right. in average for four years in his peak. Um, he led the league in home runs in 2012. He hit 44, and then he led the league in doubles in 2011 and 2014 with 48 and 52, respectively. Yeah. So his peak, though, was absolutely outstanding. He's still a great hitter. He's still a guy I would want up to play for me at any given moment that I would need need a big hit totally. because you're you're confident he's going to get it for you. And like I said, I, I don't feel like you can, again, tell the story of the Tigers without Miguel Cabrera. He's, a, he's kind of the modern-day hero, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's not going to be as romanticized as the guys before him, but I think eventually down the road he will be. Oh, I agree with you. Which is why he gets my honorable mention. Oh, very good. Yeah, I just wanted to put him in that honorable mention slot because of the romanticism, but also because he's still playing. And um I like to give the Mount Rushmore slots to guys who aren't still playing if I can. Um if there's a way to justify it and there is in this case. So, um one day in the next handful of years, we're going to have to start adding a fifth name to Mount Rushmore because it's getting really hard. It just is. That's not how it works, though, Brick. It is. It would in have to be three some years, other, Brad. It would have to be some other thing besides Mount Rushmore because Mount Rushmore only has four. I'm going to do some research, <laughs> and we'll find. We'll call we it something else. <laughs> okay. Very good. Excellent. <laughs> okay. All right. Who you got next? All right, uh, I gotta save the, gotta save my humdinger for the end. So I'm gonna go with, ooh, which one should I do first? Oh, this is so hard because they're both great. Uh, dang. All right, I'm gonna go with the easy one. I'm gonna go with okay. the one that we have to talk about because you can't not talk about it. Okay. Okay, you with me? Yeah. Twenty-two seasons with the Tigers. He started in 2,806 games. Batting average, lifetime batting average of 368. 111 total home runs. I love that, by the way. RBIs, 1,800. That's why I love that, by the way. And scored 2,086 runs. He is absolutely and unequivocally in the Hall of Fame. He might actually be the greatest baseball player of all time. His career war is 151.5. Yeah, sit down. I said that. 151.5 career war. The Georgia Peach, Ty Cobb. Uh, like I said, he's obviously in the Hall of Fame. He's got an MVP. He also has a triple crown. 
Okay, get off my jock, Miggy. Not everybody, you're not the only one. <laughs> but he has 12, he's a 12 time batting title award winner. Oh, man. Well, and let's be honest. Let's be honest. I think that the only reason he doesn't have more accolades is because they just weren't around. Yeah, precisely. Right. Like you look at his stats and like caught stealing, there's nothing from 1905 to 1911. Then there's 34 and 12 nothing in 13 and then there's three more years we had some and there's nothing from 17 to 19 and i don't think yeah. it's because he wasn't caught stealing they put a big fat zero if that was the case i think it's just because they're like ah, no, i'm gonna keep track of it this year it doesn't matter that big it's not that big of a deal no no <laughs> he just stole bases like crazy he did and i love it it's fantastic i mean the guy has 212 career stolen bases and he led the league three times mm-hmm what the his highest is 38 or excuse me 96 oh i'm looking at the wrong category oh he had, he led the league 1 2 3 4 5 6 times 897 stolen bases pardon me i was way wrong 96 stolen bases his uh, peak year well so i love this in 2000 in 2000 in 1915 when he stole 96 bases he was also caught for a league high 38 which is That's fantastic right. to me because it means the dude just kept running. He just kept going. <laughs> they he doesn't like, care. Yeah, just, just take it, whatever. And and you know what? He he slid into that bag with spikes up every time because he doesn't care about you. Or your kids. <laughs> and I don't love or that just kids, because it had right. to have me for that hurts real bad. No, um, I'm not saying it's a good thing. We're not <laughs> celebrating that at all. I'm just saying he played the way he played. It was all or nothing all the time. And uh, I think that's awesome. Well, he, and he you know led also, the league he, he, go ahead. in batting average 12 times. Yeah. That, to me, 12. is a big deal. Out of a 24-year season. Or yeah, career. He hit, well, he hit 400 twice. 1911 and 1912. You know what else he did? What's that? He said that Shoeless Joe was the greatest outfielder of all time. shame he's on the hall of fame huh i know i'm just saying <laughs> uh i had i just have to plug that but i'm telling you this guy could you could say ty cobb is the greatest baseball player who ever lived you could and one of the things that i've noticed because i was going back through looking at old old baseball pictures this is months ago i was doing some tiktok stuff and i found um it was uh golly what was his name um the baseball, the guy who's known for the baseball card. Why can't I think right now oh, of his name? Dang. Yeah, um, yep, I know who you're talking about. But anyway, it was it was a picture of him, and then there was one next to it of Ty Cobb, and the dudes were huge, like yeah. even by today's standards, as like yeah, they looked like they were juicing before juicing was even a thing because <laughs> they were enormous. Yeah. And it's like the fact that Ty Cobb was able to run the bases the way that he was being that big like that says something to me about either the competition or just the fact that he was uh a freak athlete in a day where there weren't very many of them i think he was a freak athlete honestly and i found i think he could have been successful in any number of things honus wagner honus wagner totally drew a blank on that because honus wagner was another really big dude 
huge dude Honus like, had like those big. big like farm get farm grandpa hands you know like yeah they could swing that log of a bat yeah. they had at the there time. are logs yeah <laughs> I, mean, I got one right here this is uh this is how wide this is a replica babe ruth bat for those of you watching on uh youtube and this is how wide the handle is this is a this is a more modern turning model <laughs> you can see the differences there <laughs> yeah Look, I mean, look at this. <laughs> I remember anyway. one time in high school, we played in this wood bat tournament and they, they, you know, nobody had wood bats. So they brought in like a bag of them. And I remember picking up like three of them being like, golly, is this like Babe Ruth's bat? I could barely get my hands around them. Yeah. That's <laughs> and awesome. they're like, and then they found the one that could fit everybody. It felt like holding the twig. And of course, you know, I go out and use it the first time and I broke it and everybody got mad at me. There's the only one we can hold. It's the only one small enough. Like, well, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> and then, and then, Fast forward 30 years or whatever, and we end up in the batting cage, and you found the smallest bat you could possibly find, and you broke that one too, Brad. I break it, yeah. <laughs> I can't lay off the inside pitch. I can't help it. You can't and have it. it. And have it, ha, since it was like almost 20 years since I've actually been in a batting cage, I'm not going to be able to get the barrel around like I think I can. Like, let's yeah, for sure. Me neither. We have footage of this, by the way, if any of you want to see it. We may have to put yeah. it up somewhere. That's true. We um, should. It's just been so, sitting on my computer for months now. <laughs> me too. Speaking of uh, speaking of old baseball bats and turning models, you can go to the Louisville Slugger Bat Factory in Louisville, Kentucky, and they have a batting cage set up in the back of the museum where you can swing old turning models, and they've got them. They've got them there. They're replicas, awesome. obviously, but they just right. take the same type of wood. They turn it the same way it would have been turned for Ty Cobb. And uh, I think his is there. Babe Ruth is there. Um, Luke Gehrig's, I think, is there. Anyway, what they, all these famous play. I think Kirby Puckett's is there. Anyway, they got all these famous ball players turning models uh, in the batting cage, and you can sit there and try and throw a freaking tree at a baseball. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it would be, too. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I've done it I've done it like four or five times, and I, awesome. I never, it never gets old. Yeah. Very cool. That's rad. Okay. Um, so that's everybody I had on my list, Brig, honestly. Like oh, it is Al Kaline and Ty Cobb. Yeah, I had both of them on my list. So let me go ahead and do my honorable mention, and then you have one more, right? I have one more, yeah. Okay. All right, my honorable mention. I'm I gotta go with Lou Whitaker. Okay. So Lou Whitaker, like he doesn't have like quite the uh accolades the rest of the guys do but for some reason for me i I don't know why honestly um because he he ended his career in 1995 he did play 84 games that year for the tigers but he played his entire 19-year career with the tigers he's on the 1984 world series team um he's not a hall of famer um he did win rookie of the year he's a five-time all-star three-time gold glove four-time silver slugger award um i don't know why but every time i think of like tigers in years past, Lou Whitaker comes to mind. Hmm. So I felt like because of that, I had to put him on the list. They, um, I did read an article that said that in 2020, they were going to uh, retire his number one. He had, he wore 43 and one with the Tigers. Oh. And, uh, but I didn't see it on the list on baseball reference. So I'm not sure what exactly happened. I didn't see an article about like why they didn't did or didn't. I don't know if maybe it's because of COVID they didn't do it and they just haven't gotten to it yet. Um, yeah. But his number one is going to be in like their ring of honor and be retired eventually cool. because he did play pay a uh, play a significant role with that team and really like the only thing he ever led the league in was he played 109 games in 1981 
Yeah, but you got to love the solid everyday player like that, right? That's that's mm-hmm. our kind of bag, right? And yeah. he must have had uh, brought a lot to the clubhouse with those X Factor dynamics we like to talk about. I, I think, think the so. hard the hard part about Sweet Lou Whitaker is that you can't talk about him without talking about Alan Trammell. because that mm-hmm. was like the dynamic duo that you know. And they, I just think you can't give two guys one slot, right? But if right. you could, they'd be on there. Yeah, they would be. Um, oh, and Alan Trammell has said that he believes that Lou Whitaker belongs in the Hall of Fame. Right. You know, so and and it's and I don't think the Culture Club is even going to get him there. Um, but like I said, I don't know why, but for some reason he's somebody who I associate with the Tigers, and that's why I would put him as uh, in my consideration for being on the Mount Rushmore. But it doesn't yeah. quite make it because he doesn't have like the accolades and the numbers of everybody else. That's great. So that's great. <clears throat> there you go. I love it. All right. My last pick, since my honorable mention is already burned, I'm going to go with Ernie Harwell. Hmm. Ernie Harwell was a broadcaster for the Detroit Tigers from 1960 to 1991. And then again, 93 to 2002. And when he took a break in the, after the 91 season, fans were outraged. Like literally they were up in arms over this thing that, excuse me, this thing that had happened where the radio station he worked for in the ball club had some issues and he just got caught in the crossfire as far as my research indicates. But he's also got his number slash initials because that's how they do it. Mm -hmm. Um, He's got his initials retired in Detroit and they are. I mean, he is heavily beloved and favored and honored in every way you can think of it. Um, he was a part of one of their, um, obviously, their World Series run. Um, he's been in involved in every single freaking baseball game almost ever played in Detroit, it feels like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like because he is the bridge between the fan experience and the, the games that's playing on the field, mm-hmm. you know, he deserves a spot. Uh, as much as in Vince Scully with the Dodgers does. Mm-hmm. So um, Ernie Harwell gets my yeah. last spot. That's a great one. That's I actually looked into him to see if I would put him on there because I knew that they had a, like I, I off the top of my head, I couldn't think of who their iconic broadcaster was, but then I looked it up, looked up Ernie Harwell. And I was like, yeah, he's definitely was another one of my honorable mentions because he does deserve a place there. When you mentioned that he has initial, his initials retired. On baseball mm-hmm. reference, they have Ty Cobb's initials retired too because he was pre jersey number days. That's right. So that's really was. that goes way back. Uh interesting things to think about there. Uh but Ernie baseball Harwell. family. Hold oh, on sorry, one second. The the very famous broadcast uh by NBC, <clears throat> the shot heard around the world. That's Ernie Harwell. There you go. So if you're familiar with the shot heard around the world, it was for a 1951 National League tiebreaker series, um, Dodgers and Giants. Bobby Thompson's shot heard around the world. That was called by Ernie Harwell. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Catch new episodes of the Baseball Together podcast every Tuesday.